Matthew records these words. Jesus went through all of the towns and villages and when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Let's take a moment in prayer. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we've been able to share around the Lord's table this morning as our Lord and Saviour instructed us to do. We thank you that as Jesus walked around through the towns and villages, that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. He saw that they were harassed, they were helpless, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And we thank you that Jesus declared, I am the good shepherd. So as we come to your word this morning, we pray that you would guide us, you would lead us, you would encourage us, comfort us, strengthen us, guide us, be with us, be near us. And so we open our hearts to you now and ask your spirit to to do just all of those things amongst us this morning. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Bill Mills, a wonderful expositor of the word of God, he often said to me, context is king. Context is king. If you want to hear God's message to you through his word, then you need to understand the context behind what is written. What's going on? What has just happened? Why does Jesus say what he says? Ask questions of the text. Continually ask yourself questions of the text while you're reading God's word. And in this case, why does Jesus speak of himself as the good shepherd? What's the context? Well, these words continue on as part of the conversation that we were looking at last week. And so we need to go back to chapter 9 to, to get the, un, the context, to understand what's going on. And you'll recall that Jesus had just healed a man who had been born blind. All of his life he'd been blind. Jesus and his disciples are wandering along and his disciples asked Jesus, Hey teacher, is this guy blind because he has done something wrong or because his parents did something wrong? Who sinned to cause him to be blind? Well, Jesus replies, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. This was an opportunity to show the world how good and powerful and present our God is. Even in the most difficult of times, You know, every instance in our lives is an opportunity where we too can share with the world how good, how powerful and how present our God is. I wonder, do you see your troubles in that light? An opportunity to appreciate how good, powerful and present God is. Now, most of the people who were around, most of the people would be rejoicing that Jesus had healed this man from blindness, but not the Pharisees. Why? 
because Jesus had healed him on the Sabbath. Naughty, naughty. This was against their laws because the Sabbath is meant to be kept holy and healing was considered work. So not only are you not supposed to heal on a Sabbath, you are not allowed to heal on the Sabbath. The religious elite, the spiritual leaders of the community, they love their laws more than they love their neighbours. And so Jesus had been trying to challenge them and help them to see what their role was and is as spiritual leaders, as shepherds. This is why as Jesus went through all of the towns and villages, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed. They felt helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Wherever he went, And so as part of the ongoing discussion that he's having with the Pharisees and this growing crowd at the time, Jesus speaks of himself as the good shepherd. And he speaks of their need for the Pharisees to consider their role as shepherds as well. What does it mean to you to be a shepherd? Right throughout the Old Testament, we see God calling on the leaders of the nation to be the shepherd of the people. Whilst at the same time declaring that he is their ultimate shepherd, that God is our good shepherd. He is our good shepherd. And so the context behind Jesus' words helps us to see Jesus not only speaks of himself as the good shepherd, but as God as our good shepherd. Thus Jesus says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep, he runs away. When the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it, the man runs away because he is a hired hand and he cares nothing for the sheep. Before pointing out his own free will in laying down his life for the sheep, Jesus suggests that for many of the current spiritual leaders of the day, they don't love the sheep. They love their position. They love power and authority. They love notoriety. But they don't love the sheep. They're like the hired hand who looks after their own well-being, their own safety, before considering the needs of the sheep. Jesus, on the other hand, not only cares, he loves the sheep. He says again in verses 14 to 16, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. One flock. One shepherd. 
Two main points that I want to highlight today are these. You and I, we are sheep. And we need a good shepherd. If Jesus is the gate, if he is the way, the truth, the life, if he is the only way through which we may enter God's sheepfold, into the sheepfold, then clearly we are sheep. And sheep in the Middle East today still follow their shepherds. Here in Australia we have large mobs of sheep and so our practice is not to lead them but drive them. We force sheep to do what we want them to do, to go where we want them to go. But some of the characteristics of sheep remain the same. Sheep are good followers. If one sheep, for whatever reason, starts to run toward the fence, the rest will follow. And you think, they're all crazy. I've seen them do it. They just power into the fence, knock themselves silly. It seems that their herd instinct takes over and they, the urge to follow becomes so great that they just have to join in. And so they do. It appears that sheep will mindlessly follow anything that catches their attention. Sheep are also helpless. They're rather timid and their only defence when a fox comes their way is to run. When it comes to eyesight, sheep have very poor depth perception. They've got reasonably good eyesight but their depth perception is is a problem for them and so they struggle to know how far something is away they often don't avoid danger quickly enough as a result they're also hard-headed often sheep and particular lambs and rams will headbutt one another for quite some time just keep banging into each other headbutting one another. I wonder whether that's why they're so stupid. Oops. They'll graze the same hill over and over until it turns into a wasteland. They'll keep walking the same track, following their leader, until they're in a rut and they don't step out of that rut. And they have no homing instincts. A dog will find its way home, but a sheep, if it gets lost, it's a goner. You have to go and find it. You have to seek it to save it, to rescue it. Sheep really don't seem to be all that intelligent, do they? As I said last week, guess what? God calls us sheep. Now, whether we like it or not, we do bear a strong family resemblance with sheep. We share their natural tendency to follow. If you're not convinced, look at the clothes that people wear and their hairstyles. Secondly, like sheep, we run off in a direction without really knowing where we're going. Notice how people so easily believe what they read on the net. Just follow whatever's been written. 
People en masse have a tendency to simply fall in line running along, following the rest of the flock wherever our little woolly legs will carry us. And like sheep, we can also have difficulty with depth perception. We often don't see how dangerous something may be or how dangerous something that we might do might affect somebody else. We also often don't really understand the depth of what God is trying to get across to us, what he's trying to say. So for all of these reasons and more, we need a good shepherd. And Jesus is the good shepherd. When he went through the towns and villages, he saw the people, he had compassion on them because they were harassed, they were helpless, they were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw sheep that were sick, demon-possessed, harassed by their leaders, helpless, they were lost. And as he looks at people just like you and I, he has compassion on us. Because we were lost. We were helpless without him. Knowing the depravity and the sinfulness of humanity, Jesus did all that was needed to save us, redeem us, rescue us, lead us as our good shepherd. And he continues to do that. Twice Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And twice he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. Initially in verse 11, he says that the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And then in verse 14, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. He gives his life for them to save them. He rescues them, searches until he finds them, calls them by name and leads them. And he does that for you and for me. Jesus also said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I, and I know the Father. As was the challenge last week, how well do you know God's voice? Are you spending time with him in his word, allowing him to lead you? Again, knowing that he will lead you to still waters, to green pastures, and that he will lead you every day. Every day. Or are you listening to other voices? Jesus knows you. How well do you know him? And is Jesus your good shepherd? Is he your good shepherd? If he is, then he needs to be your focus. He needs to be the one that you connect with, the one that you spend time with. There are many good preachers, there are celebrity speakers out there, but is Jesus your good shepherd. How well do you know him? Jesus then says in verse 17, 
The reason my father loves me is that I lay my life down. I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Jesus says, because I lay down my life for the sheep, my father loves me. Wherever Jesus walked, whoever he conversed with, whatever he did, he did it for the well-being of everyone. Just take us back to the instance with the woman caught in adultery. And we always reflect on that and go, yes, Jesus saved her life. He brought her, gave her life but he's also speaking into the lives of her accusers and trying to bring the life of compassion and spark that from within them. He was bringing well-being for everyone in this instance. But he put aside any notions of living life for himself and his own desires. He sought to point people to the Father. He taught and he healed to reveal that the kingdom of God was within their grasp. He asked for repentance and humility for people to realise their dependence upon their Father, his Father. He always sought to do the Father's will. Every day... He lay down his life. And God the Father would say the same thing of you and I. I love you because you lay your life down, your hopes and dreams, your expectations, your self-centeredness for one another. Jesus said, love one another. As I have loved you, Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Lay down your life for one another, for greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. God the Father would say the same thing of you or I. I love you because you lay down your life for one another for what is best for others. The reason my father loves me, said Jesus, is that I lay down my life. And then Jesus goes on to speak of his own death and resurrection and that he would lay down his life in death only to take it up in resurrection. He willingly, he voluntarily, of his own free will, went to the cross to die in our place for our sin. Voluntarily. God so loved you and I that he gave his only son. Jesus so loved you and I that he willingly went to the cross. And to show that his death had paid the price for sin, to show that death no longer had any hold over him, He took up his life again and on the third day after the crucifixion he walked out of that tomb fully alive. Hallelujah. This is why we love him. 
This is why he is our good shepherd. He has sheep that are not yet a part of his flock. And he's searching for them. He's calling for them. He's offering to be their good shepherd. Do you know him? Does he know you? And are you helping others to hear his voice? Again, take note, there is only one flock and one shepherd. All who put their faith in Jesus are in his family regardless of what church they might attend, regardless of what they might look like. One flock, one shepherd. We've considered this morning how dumb and dependent sheep can be. We are sheep and we need a good shepherd. King David, he spoke of God as his good shepherd. And I trust that you can concur with him when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't need anything. He went on to praise God. He said, you lay down in, me down in lush meadows. You quiet me by pools, fresh pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid because you walk beside me. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head and my cup overflows with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me. Every day of my life, I'm back home in the house of God. For the rest of my life, I'm back home with you the good shepherd. When Jesus becomes your shepherd, you have a shepherd for life and for eternity. The best shepherd. Praise God. Are you one of his sheep? I trust so. How well do you know his voice? Let's take a moment in prayer. Father, we thank you that Jesus knew us well. And although he called us sheep, he was prepared to be and was and is our good shepherd. We thank you that he laid down his life for the sheep. He gave his life willingly on the cross to take the punishment, the penalty for our sin. And so we thank you for the gift of life that we receive through faith in Jesus Christ. Help us, Father, to not keep this a secret for ourselves, but to share your love with others and to help others to acknowledge Jesus as their good shepherd too. So we thank you as we commit ourselves to you afresh. In Jesus' name. Amen.